miraculous love. We trust you. So do your work in this room today, in this house. Be glorified by Lord Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning and welcome. Uh, we are starting a new series today. We're heading into the summer. I know uh, many of you have travel plans. We have people that are going to be in and out as the summer starts. And so we're going to be, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be going through an entire book of the Bible, the book of Hebrews. And the challenge that I want to give to you today is to read along with us. We're going to go at a pace about one chapter every week. And even if you're gone, read along and you can follow along on the podcast because this book, and I'm really excited about uh, the book of Hebrews that we're going to be getting into, gives us so much deep explanation about what, uh, what the life of faith is all about, what God has done all throughout the scripture. It's been something for the last couple of months I've been reading through and thinking about and praying about, and I'm very excited to uh, go through that this summer, okay? So Hebrews, so we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 1 today, and let me just kind of give you a little bit of an introduction to the book of Hebrews, and we'll continue as weeks go on to kind of give you some of the, the backstory and introduction to the book of Hebrews. But really, the book of Hebrews presents an incredibly important question, one of those important questions that every single one of us have to deal with at some point in our lives. And it's a question that Jesus brings up to his disciples. Um, and that's kind of what the entire book of Hebrews talks about. Jesus in Matthew 16 says and looks around at his disciples and he says, who does everybody, who, 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 does, who are people saying that I am? What is the word on the street? What is everybody talking about? Who do, who do people say that I am? And the disciples were like, well, everybody's saying, you know, you're like, you're like one of the prophets. You're one of these people, just like in the Old Testament, that came and spoke and had important words of truth. And they're like, well, some are saying, saying you're like one, one of them, or you're like John the Baptist or one of the other prophets. And that's what you're like. And then Jesus turns to them and says, who do you say that I am? What a critical question. And it's really foundational to what we believe. Who do we say Jesus is? And the book of Hebrews goes into that in detail. And that's really one of the, the, the major themes of the entire book. But I want to look at those questions as we kind of enter into this discussion and thinking about that. And I want to look at both of those questions. Because maybe we may skip over the first one and think about who do we say Jesus is. But the question, who does the world say that Jesus is, is a really interesting question. And is a really interesting thing in our day, in our era. Lots of people say all kinds of things about who Jesus is. And you know what? Jesus, in many regards is highly respected, is highly thought of in a lot of different circles, that Jesus said some really great things. He taught about loving your neighbor. And, and, and most people can say, let's get behind that. That is valuable. He, he taught all these, all these valuable truths. And he was so compassionate. 
And he cared for people. And he, you know, people who are sick, he healed them. And he, he cared about the, all of these things. And so lots of people in our culture say, I like Jesus. Jesus is a likable guy. I like Jesus. And our culture, many times, we hear things about Jesus in that regard. People say, Jesus was an inspirational historical figure. Very few people, I've heard it a few times, very few people say that Jesus was not a historical figure. That is, that is there's not much behind that argument. But a few people kind of are just like almost dismissive of it. Jesus kind of is this, this fairy tale picture or something like that. But most people have some kind of positive view of Jesus in our culture. And that's a good thing. But is that enough? And that's really what the question of the book of Proverbs deals with. That who Jesus is is critical. And it is something that has to be kind of one of those foundational truths in our lives. There's many things that we can debate about in the scripture. There's many things that I would say, you know what, there's really good friends that I have that are faithfully following God and they disagree with this or that. And then there's other things that are kind of the pillars of the faith that are foundational. And, and it's like, you know, when you build a house, you have to have that set that firm foundation and you have to set that and then the house can be built and it's strong. The critical question of who is Jesus is like the foundation of the house. That's what it is. And so it's a really important question for us to think about. And it's important for us to think about both of those. Because we hear all kinds of ideas and pictures about who Jesus is from our world. But, and so we need to think about those. But then also, who do I say Jesus is? Um, it's maybe something you're familiar with, but it's been, it's been talked about many times. C.S. Lewis talked about it. That Jesus really presents us with very few options as to who we can view him to be. Is it, you know, C.S. Lewis talks about him being either a liar, a lunatic, or the Lord. So meaning that he was either a liar, he was misrepresenting himself when he was here on earth, and saying, you know, I am the Son of God, I'm going to raise from the dead. These are things that Jesus said, and it'll talk, we'll talk about that a little bit as we go through Hebrews. He was either lying and misrepresenting who he was, or he was crazy he thought he was something that he was not, or he truly is the God of the universe, Lord. And that, that kind of frames it, doesn't it? We can't just say, as maybe our culture does many times, that Jesus is an inspirational historical figure. Somebody who is, uh, you know, somebody we can look to and gain some, some important things and move forward. No, it's... It's more serious than that. And we understand, as the book of Hebrews kind of goes through it, that this is a critical first order question that we have to deal with. Because if Jesus is Lord, there's profound consequences as a result. And it changes everything in our life. And it calls us to account for that. 
So this is a very serious discussion and something that has lots of layers. And this is going to be one of the kind of the themes that goes through the book of Hebrews. And it starts today. Um, so let's go ahead and start in Hebrews chapter 1. It says this. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets. As many times, um, at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty um, of the majesty in heaven. I think I need glasses. Uh, anybody got reading? No, uh, I'm not. I'm not old enough for glasses. Okay. All right. Verse four. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he had inherited is superior to theirs. Okay. Maybe I just can't read. Um, but I, I'm going to pause there for a minute. And we're going to get into the specifics of what it talks about next. But this is an incredible kind of summary of what's to follow. And what there's incredible claims that are listed right here, kind of point by point by point. It says, this is what we're talking about. And so it says here, if you look through it, kind of just, you know, you can follow along with me. It says all these things that Jesus is. You know, that there were prophets that came before there were prophets that were there. And, you know, many people say, you know, what was Jesus? Was he one of the prophets? Something more than that. He spoke to us through his son in a different and unique way. And then in the second line in verse 2, it talks about through whom he made the universe. That is a bold, big statement that we have to deal with. It is really, really critical to understanding who Jesus is. That he is he created the universe. Verse 3, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. That statement is very, very clear, saying Jesus is exactly like God, the exact representation of God. Sometimes when we talk about Jesus, we talk, you know, we have this language of father, son, and sometimes it gets really hard and confusing. And I know in like even Sunday school classes with kids, they're like, you know, who made the universe? God. Uh, how about Jesus? Yeah. Uh, but which one was it? You know, and it's like, it's like it, sometimes it's like the, the language of father, son is, is hard and challenging for us. But what it's saying here very clearly is the exact representation. Or in other terms that we've used before, he's begotten. He is, he, is, he is begotten, not made. He is not part of the created order. He is, he, he is not like the prophets. He's greater than the prophets. He's not like the created beings. And that's what it goes into here, and we'll talk about more, like, like heavenly beings, like angels. He's greater than them. He's the exact representation of God. He's God in flesh among us the exact representation of god and then it talks about some of the things he did that he provided purification for sins we understand that he came to earth 
and died and was the sacrifice on our behalf. And when he completed that all-important task, it says he sat down at the right hand um, of the majesty in heaven and he became much superior to the angels. So he is seated, seated at the right hand of God. He's ruling. He is an authority. So these are lots of different pictures, and it lays it out and kind of throws it all out there. And we'll get into more detail as we go along. But it's saying, this is what we're talking about. This is who we're speaking of. And this is the cornerstone, foundation of what, what, why we believe what we believe. So it's something very important that we all have to deal with. And even if we've settled it in our minds, even if that's something that is firmly established in our lives, that Jesus, you are God. We still, we have to still have to grapple with all the, all the realities of that and all the implications of that. And that's exactly what this book of Hebrews does. So let's continue on. And this is the kind of the first step in a series of the author talking about what Jesus is in comparison to all these other things. Like in comparison to these other pictures of what Jesus might be. Uh, and this section, you could classify it is, as Jesus is greater than the angels. You know, we think about angels as, you know, that's, that's a pretty good status. They, they can do things that we can't do. We would kind of view them higher than us. This is the statement where the author is talking about and says, Jesus is greater than the created beings, heavenly beings. And it says this, verse 5. For to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, today I have become your father. He never said that. We, we could play a little game right now. It's kind of like rhetorical question after rhetorical question. Who did he do that? He didn't do it to anybody, you know, and that's kind of how it goes. So let's continue. Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. He never said that to any of the angels. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. In speaking of the angels, he said, he makes his angels spirits and his servants flames of fire. But about the son, he says, your throne, O oh God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. He also says, in the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth. And the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will roll them up like a robe. Like a garment, they will be changed. But you remain the same. And your years will never end. To which of the angels did God ever say, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are not all the angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who are, will inherit salvation? And that is Hebrews chapter 1. So the author here um, is talking about Jesus being greater than the other created heavenly beings. 
the angels. It's different. It's not like a created being that is there. And there's many things as he goes through, and there's quoting scriptures all over the Old Testament saying, this is what is said about other heavenly created beings, and this is what's different about Jesus. So, first of all, lots of different things. First of all, it talks about this father-son picture and relationship. And in the first couple of verses, like we already looked at, it's saying that they are the same uh, representation, the exact representation of his being. This is important. And this is what sometimes people, where people get confused. And many times, if you want to know where you would draw the line as far as faith is concerned, I would say, what do people say about Jesus? There's lots of different groups of Christianity, but the core question is, what do people say about Jesus? There are groups that represent themselves as Christian groups that believe Jesus was a created being. And for me, that is so clearly past the line, that that is past the line of what I can say, you know what, you are also a Christian or you're a a follower of Christ like me. This was one of the points that the early church fought over and debated and said, this is a line in the sand issue. This is something that we can't move past. If you say that Jesus was like one of these other created beings, it changes everything. Because that's not how the scripture represents it. The scripture represents that Jesus was there at creation. He created He was there. He wasn't part of creation. He was outside of creation. He is, as it even says later in the book of Hebrews, it talks more about how he's the beginning and the end. The Alpha and Omega is another way that the scripture puts it. Is that there is a different category there. And that is critical. That Jesus is different than all of these other created beings and nowhere else. Nowhere else is it talked about that way, all the other created beings. It talks about in verse 6 that the angels worship him. The angels understand and recognize the place of Jesus and what Jesus is. The angels recognize their uh, chain of command and what is important, and they bow their knee to Jesus. It continues to talk about his throne that will last forever. In verse 8, that there is his kingdom that will never end. And Jesus, as he, he is here on earth, talks over and over about how we are to be a part of his kingdom, not the kingdoms of the world. He will rule. He will be uh, in charge. He will be has dominion over the universe and the world. His throne will last forever. In verse four, or in chapter, verse ten, it talks about how he laid the foundations of the earth. How he create, he was a he was there at creation, and he was a part of creation, and he initiated everything. He's the beginning. And then it talks about in verses 11 and 12 that he's eternal. 
all of these things that it's making the case and clearly trying to represent that Jesus is greater. Jesus is different. Jesus is better than the angels or any other created order. Jesus is distinct. And these, this is what you have to understand and what the scripture has talked about over and over and over. And so as we uh, continue through the book of Hebrews, this is the challenge and the question that we're going to have to ask ourselves. Like, what do we believe? Your beliefs really matter. What you believe about certain things shapes how you act and how you live. And here's what it comes down to. And many of you may say, I believe Jesus Christ is what the scripture says he is. He's God. I need to submit to him, submit to his authority. He did create the universe. I believe that. But the step further that we all have to wrestle with and deal with is what does that mean for my daily life? I want to give you just kind of think about a little bit of an analogy here about what you really believe. The scripture over and over talks about how belief is so important. And it said, imagine if you believed, you believed, somebody came to you and said, you know what? I have a wonderful real estate opportunity for you. It's going to be the best thing that has ever happened to you in your life. Here's the deal. If you invest $1,000 today in, a, in, in six short months, have you heard this before? Um, in six short months, that $1,000 will turn into $100,000 in six months. Six more months, you can double that again. And if you do this and follow these six easy steps, come to my real estate seminar. Come, you know, come and give me that $1,000. You will one day be, have financial freedom and you'll be able to do whatever you can for the rest of your life. What happens when we hear things like this? We stop and you may say, has somebody in the history of the world ever made $100,000 off of a $1,000 investment in real estate? Yes, people have made lots of money. But I don't necessarily believe that that will happen for me. And I think sometimes this is kind of the, the, the tension that we live in. We're like, I believe. I, I, I kind of believe. I believe, but... I don't want to, I'm not willing to give up all, I'm not willing to give the thousand bucks for it. I believe, yeah, maybe in theory those are good thoughts and ideas, and I'm there with you, and I'll say the prayer, I'll say the creed, but, ooh, there's lots of implications that come with that. Am I willing to put the money out on the line in our analogy, so to speak? And that is what we really have to dig deep and wrestle with. Because belief requires action. Belief uh, holds us accountable to doing things. If we say that Jesus is the ruler of the universe, and there is a day where we'll stand before him and give an account for our life, and all of our eternal salvation rests in our belief in Jesus Christ, 
that salvation is held in his hand, that we're hopeless without him. That is a bit, that's, a bit, that's a big moment. That requires some investment. That requires some engagement, not just like a half-hearted, yeah, I, okay. It requires something of us. If we truly believe that, it should change the way that we live dramatically. And that's why this discussion is so important. And it's important that we clarify these points. That it's not just we're talking about some uh, heavenly, spiritual, angelic being. We're talking about the God of the universe. We're talking about, we're talking about everything. The big, big question. And so, giving our example, there's lots of implications that come about. Like, if I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord... And he gives me a direction for my life on how I should live. And it doesn't match up with what I'm living. Something needs to change in my life. If Jesus teaches me something about relationships. And I believe that he's the God of the universe. I better follow that. Even though the whole other world is telling us something else about relationships. If Jesus teaches me something about money. I better follow that as opposed to what everybody else is talking about in that regard. It, it has implications for every single aspect of your life. And maybe that's why sometimes we want to say, yeah, we, we don't want to go all in on this picture that Jesus, you are 100%. You are the Lord of my life. Because that means we have to give our life over to him. It means something for us. And so as we go through these weeks, I want to challenge you to pause. And are you willing to be humble enough to say, Jesus, if you are Lord, and there's something that arises and something that comes up that I see my life in the mirror, and I see that there's something that needs to change, Am I humble enough to put that belief into an action and something needs to change in my life? Am I willing to do that? Or do we live in a world where our beliefs do not match our actions? This is a tough one. And this is what we're going to be continuing to do. But my challenge to you right now is, first of all, settle the question. And that's what we'll continue to do. If Settle the question, who is Jesus? Have to answer that. Settle that question once and for all. And if you've settled that, and that's at the foundation of everything else, now it's time to start building that house. And if that foundation is set, everything else must fall in line with that overarching truth. And now as I build the house and as we go along, everything has to submit itself to that foundational piece and open yourself up and say, God, are my actions following what I say I believe? Or am I intellectually a Christian and my actions, I'm acting like an atheist? And humble your heart and be open 
to what God might be doing in you. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you that you're, you revealed yourself so clearly through the scriptures. And I'm thankful that we have these words that kind of put us on notice, put it on point. Where it says clearly, this is what we're talking about. We're not just showing up talking about some prophet or some created being. We're talking about the God of the universe, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. The one who saves, the one who judges, the one whose kingdom will never end. God, I believe. And I know as a result of my belief, God, that requires a lot of me. And so I pray that my heart would be humble, that I would be teachable. And so God, instead of being in charge of my own destiny, my own will, I say, God, I submit to yours. So examine my heart. If there's something in my life that is not matching my beliefs, God, speak to me. Correct me, challenge me. So that I can fully follow you. Today I invite you to offer your own prayers to God. And first of all, there's some people in this room that are wrestling with that first question. Who do you say that I am? Who is Jesus? And if that's the question you're wrestling with, we're so thankful and grateful to participate in thinking that through and dealing with that question, and that's something we'll continue to do. And you're in the right place. It's the biggest question in life. So keep asking, keep searching, keep praying and seeking the answer to that question. If you're someone in this room that needs to make sure that your beliefs coincide with your actions, Open yourself up right now and say, God, search me. Search my heart. Show me the areas of, in my life that are not in line with your will. God, forgive me.
wherever you're at right now, offer your prayers to God. And the God of the universe shows up and intercedes. And forgives. Offer your own prayers to God right now.